Hello again, Broncos country. Kev Dan here for another episode of the Orange Weekly post-game podcast. The Broncos have a disappointing loss Monday night against the Tennessee Titans, losing 16-14. to Broncos have some notable injuries throughout the game from A.J. Bowie and Philip Lindsay as we wait to see how those stories turn out in addition to some of the other major injuries that we are waiting to hear about from Cortland Sutton and others. Of course, there are some bright spots to look forward to as we analyze the young offense and the pretty strong defense throughout the game, and we even and give away some game balls. So Tanner and I are going to break down this game for you. Glad you're here. Kick back, relax, and let's talk some Broncos football. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. It is Tuesday morning, yes, a morning recording of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with Kev Dan, the godfather of the, the Orange godfather. Weekly. Kevin, how are you doing <laughs> this morning? Well, it's 6.30 in the morning. I haven't had my coffee yet. And, uh, you know, that's not that's not how I wanted the you know first game to go. I don't think, obviously, anyone listening to this is disappointed right but uh there are some things to look at and break down um it wasn't all bad there were some you know some shiny spots to look at some promising areas uh but it's just you know there are some question marks after uh this first game and wondering how we're gonna move forward from here absolutely there's some good things we can talk about there's a lot of maybe not so good things <laughs> I bad i don't want to use the word bad but not so good and some questionable decisions, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, it just felt great to watch Broncos football again. Some meaningful football. I was telling some of my buddies last night, I said, I think this is the first sporting event I've really cared about since March. And um, yep. then after the game, I'm like, I forgot what uh, losing feeling feels like. This is awful. Yeah. But, uh, well, after following the Avalanche and seeing their heartbreaking game seven overtime loss, it just uh, it it hurt all over again. <laughs> That's a good point. I, I'm an Avs fan too, but I guess I'm not at this level, you know, like Broncos. Yeah. So I, yeah. I tried to I actually forgot about that. I put that out of my memory. So thanks, Kev. Now now I'm remembering that too. <laughs> hey, you know, eight thirty in the morning your time, six thirty here. Let's just yeah. let's just embrace the suck, as uh, we <laughs> say in the Air Force. Just embrace the suck. That's Let's do great. It. I like that. Embrace the suck. I'm gonna have to, yeah, I like that. I've got to incorporate that in my answer. But um I mean, did did you want to play anything before we get into kind of breaking down the game? Or did you yeah. have some media play? So I know anybody watching this, probably their very first thought, if not maybe their second thought, is the timeout situation at the end of the game, right? So sitting there wondering what is uh what is Coach Fangio thinking? That there's another 20 seconds off the clock, you know, Titans are moving down the field. What, what are we doing? Right. So uh, I just want to play this really quickly. It just kind of his uh, snippet from the post game press conference last night. Um, and at least just to hear it from his own words in terms of, you know, what he was thinking. And as a follow-up as Tennessee moved into the red zone there, what was sort of the thinking on not using any timeouts to buy some time? Well, it was twofold there. One, their field goal kicker had obviously been having his problems. So I didn't want to extend the drive to where they could get closer, number one. And number two, 
you know, we would have used the timeout, but we got the running back out of bounds. We would have used the second timeout, but they threw an incompletion, you know, which would have given us one left when we got the ball back. So that was part of the thinking there. All right. So obviously a quick little answer, um, but I wanted you all to hear it from his words and not me trying to uh, re-explain it. So I kind of get what he was saying, you know, especially with, uh, Goskowski, who I think has played his last game in the NFL. Yes. Um, I can't see Tennessee holding on to him just because he made the last field goal from 25 yards away. I think uh, I, I could maybe even hit it from 25 yards away. Maybe not pretty, but I like to think that uh, I would at least have a chance to do it. So, um, you know, I get you, you know, you're trying to put them in that situation where they have to decide if they want to kick for it or go for it. Uh, and, yeah, I get it, but there were just times where it's like, okay, that's 20 seconds off the clock. We're inside, you know, we're like at a minute and a half. What, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it was just, I kept watching, when I was watching the game, I kept thinking, okay, Vic, you can, when are you going to use one? You can use one. I've, I've seen this play out too many times before where coaches leave and go home and have some unused timeouts left in their back pocket and, and they lose a game by a couple points. I mean, I'm thinking we got a big, strong, strong arm quarterback. And Drew Locke, he can get us down the field quickly, but 16 seconds wasn't enough. Um, and I think that's one point we want to cover. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I think starting from the top here is just the, uh, the way to go. And because yeah, otherwise, I think at least myself, I'm going to be all over the place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, uh, looking down at the total stats here, one thing that sticks out to me is total plays. Yeah. I can't read if that's 76 or 78. Uh, total play, 78 for Tennessee, 59 for Denver. Yep, and especially in the third quarter when Tennessee had 20-plus plays, Denver had six. I thought that was kind of a turning point. Yeah, with negative two yards in the entire third quarter, negative two yards. Yeah. Um, yeah Denver's got to do a better job converting on third downs um, and, and getting their opponents off the field on third downs. That was another big concern. Um, I don't know what Tennessee ended up, but at one, at one time they were seven of 12 on third down attempts. And that just won't, that's not a winning formula on defense. No, we just didn't seem to have an answer for Corey Davis all night. I mean, I mean, well, they just kudos, kept picking on us. Yeah. Kudos to him. I mean, I think yeah. everybody's more focused on AJ Brown and he came out and came ready to ball. I thought the Broncos did a really good job on Derrick Henry. I mean, sure, he got over 100 yards, but he's going to do that to basically everybody. Um, they end up with 130 total yards on the ground, but on 34 attempts, I mean, that's 3.8 yards per rush. So, Which, if you think about, you know, it's Derrick Henry. If we could hang, you know, hold him to under four yards a rush, you know, that's that's pretty, pretty decent, you know, and he had some big runs early on. Um, and so I think our defense did the best they can look week one against the healthy Tennessee Titans team. That was, you know, that almost made it to the Super Bowl, uh, mm -hmm. after, you know, upsetting the Patriots and the, uh, Ravens there in the playoffs. It's, this is a good team, you know, and Derek can, I mean, the fact that we held them to 3.8, uh, yards per rush average there is. I think very promising because not every game we have is going to have a Derrick Henry that we have to fully, fully worry about. Yeah. Very good point. And uh, we kept his yards after contact down, which is a huge thing with Derrick Henry. He gets a lot of yards after, after contact. He didn't do that so much last night. So I thought the tackling was pretty good for the most part. Um, 
But uh, so I, I don't think he really uh, pinned us one on the defense. I mean, sure they could have could have got the game winning stop, but um, they were on the field quite a bit last night at certain at, in in certain moments. So yeah, um, I thought they played well enough to win. Um, I guess on offense we we can switch real quick and talk a little offense. Um, saw some good things and some not so good things. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, uh, I mean I, I love the Drew Locked uh, no fan connection. Oh, it was fantastic in the first half. They connected Easily. for 81 yards, but then we didn't see them connect once in the second half. That's kind of concerning. I don't know if Tennessee switched something in their scheme to make it tougher for fans to get open or not really sure. I, I, I should go back and I guess watch some film on that, but um, you haven't done that already. I have not. I went oh, straight come to bed on. Like, what'd you do after the game? Go to bed? Yep, with the what? bed pissed off. So, like a lot of Broncos country, probably. I usually like to listen to the post game after the game. I'm like, I don't nope. don't want it. Twitter is already toxic. I just want to go to bed. Fair, so, fair. Um, but I thought he played well. Uh, Jerry Judy, the, the kid's going to be really, really good. Are He's going to be a star in this league. Really good. His, yeah. Uh, off the line speed and in stop start is just jaw dropping. It's incredible. He did have two drops and one was pretty costly. Unfortunately, late in the game, that if you catch that ball, the Broncos probably win the game. He gets that first down, but it's probably just some first game jitters. Every rookie gets it, whether it's you know getting some penalties or making a little mistake like that. But um, and he was missing his number one guy. I mean, the Broncos were missing their number one guy in Corlin Sutton, which the Broncos could have really used him last night hopefully he's more ready to go for week two at pittsburgh but i don't know as of right now but um i have to wait and see um, that was concerning but look jerry judy's route running it, it looked really really strong he made some cuts there <laughs> and i can't remember what what play it was but i mean he stopped on a dime and just made the defender i, I don't think the defender even realized that somebody you know, some human could stop like that, you know, mm-hmm. and got some pretty good yards out of what have been a, you know, not a fantastic gain, but, um, you know, the fact he did that, I mean, if you want to talk about promise, that kid has it. And I call him kid. Cause you know, these, these players are all younger than me at this point, yeah. which is sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so not only was it his first game, but man, he was wide receiver one, you know, uh, yeah. on the team. So yeah, there's going to be some jitters. And it's not like it's not like he was making dumb plays in the fact that, you know, he was where he was supposed to be. The ball hit his hands or you know, hit him in the chest like, you know, it was supposed to happen. He was just looking down the field before he made sure he had uh, the ball. So yep. the route running isn't a problem. Uh, all you have to do is focus on catch the ball, then run, you know, and that's something that, you know, if you drill that into your own own mind and practice over the week, that's going to get be something that gets cleared up very easily. And then you do uh, add the uh, other threat of Cortland Sutton in there. And now all of a sudden you can't just, you know, purely watch Jerry Judy and, and make sure he's covered. Now you got that dual threat out there uh, to really to, to worry about throughout the game. Yeah. That'll just come with more experience playing in the NFL. I mean, he was so dominant in college. He could probably get away with some of those. And uh, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, Tua had a, has an NFL arm. I mean, he's the fifth, Overall pickings on Miami Dolphins for a reason, but um, I mean Drew Locke was zipping the ball last night, and uh, yeah, I'm not too worried about Jerry. I mean, it would have been great to see him make that last catch. That probably would have won the Broncos the game, but 
I'm confident the next time he's in that position, he won't drop it and he'll make that catch. Um, what was your thoughts on the uh, running back play out of the Broncos last night? So obviously, I think we were all saying in the group chat as soon as Melvin Gordon, you know, had he hadn't had many attempts and he fumbled that ball, which uh, I don't know that that was kind of a, a weak fumble. Mm-hmm. He could have had the, you know, it's not like he got. You know, the player's helmet hit the ball right out of his hands or they, they got a really good strip out of, you know, it just, it was like that. You fumble on that really. Yeah. And I think we're all like, okay, bench him, trade him. We're done. He's not worth multi-million dollar contract. Nope. He had his chance, put Philip Lindsay back out, but then we had no option. And Philip Lindsay kind of did take over the game for the most part after that. But then after Philip Lindsay went out and uh, I just saw our poor, was it Adam Schefter this morning or I can't remember. Um, it sounds like uh, Philip Lindsay has turf toe, so nothing serious. And again, we'll wait for more official word, um, but expect for him to be back next week. But e- e- either way, once Melvin Gordon uh, got got the nod to go out there and get the majority of the runs there, he he looked better. You know, he made some good cuts. He made some good reads. They opened up some holes for him uh, on the offensive line, which I think you know we can definitely talk about the offensive line. I'm I'm impressed from those guys last night. Um, so yeah, he did. He did a good job. Um, I, yeah, like I said early on, I was like, okay, get rid of this guy. <laughs> like, use him as trade bait. Just get rid of him. Well, that, and, and then, the problem and then he got going. Had, is fumbling. He had four fumbles in uh, twelve games last year, yep. and he's had up to six before in a single season. So that is the one knack of him as a player is his uh, fumbling issues. Which Philip Lindsay, in two years and now one game. He has had zero fumbles in his career. He's very reliable when it comes to ball security. Yep. Um, but I thought Gordon, like you said, bounced back and finished with a, a pretty decent game. He did get in the end zone. He was one of two Broncos to score a touchdown along with Noah Fant. Um, I think he can be utilized as a weapon receiving-wise coming out of the backfield. And I thought Royce Freeman, I mean, he was in there for a couple plays. He made a catch down to the one-yard line. Yeah, he got stuffed the very next play, but Melvin ended up getting in the end zone for us on that drive. But it was nice to see Royce Freeman come in and have a positive play or two. Um, But uh, you you mentioned the offensive line. Yeah, kudos to those guys. I thought they battled all night. Garrett Bowles had zero. Yeah, I'm going to repeat myself here. Yeah. Zero holding penalties last night. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how he plays this year. Maybe the lack of a crowd in attendance – will help him play better. I know that sounds kind of weird talking about a, a professional football player, but it seems like whenever he got a holding penalty, you know, the crowd, and rightfully so, would get on him pretty heavily, and that just led to more and more penalties. Maybe with yeah. the crowd there, even if he doesn't make a mistake, he can shake it off and bounce back with um, some better play during the game. But, uh, I, yeah, I thought they did a good job. They contained um, Jadavian Clowney pretty well. Mm-hmm. Their other uh, pass rushers and, and kept lock upright and pretty clean most game. Yeah. They, we didn't allow any sacks and yeah, some hits, you know, and almost got to him. Right. But you know, with the mobility of drew lock, he's able to ex- extend some plays. Obviously if that had been Flacco last year, we would have had five or six sacks against us. Right. But you know, the offensive line can only do so much, mm-hmm. um, but they, they did their job. You know, they gave drew lock a chance. They gave him a pocket to work, work within, when that pocket did collapse, Drew Locke was able to get out of there and, and at least try to make something happen. So, you know, it, if I had said one of my big worries was Garrett Bowles, you know, um, he, I feel a little 
a little better about him. I'm not going to say that he's a star tackle now, uh, but you got to keep in mind, we did not pick up his fifth year option. This is a make or break season for us. Uh, say, you know, maybe the Broncos want to move on from me at the end of the season, but I got to, I got to show what I have to, you know, get some other, convince some other team to pick me up uh, so I can keep going. So he has a lot to play for this year. Um, I, I was impressed. Well, it was one game, one data point, but I'm impressed. Yeah, and a lot of people, another point a lot of people probably are forgetting is Elijah Wilkinson's playing right tackle. Yeah. Usually Juwan James would be there. Juwan James should be the starting right tackle of his team, and he's not playing due to the opt-out of the COVID. Yeah. But, um, so, I mean, you're kind of playing with a makeshift line. Sure, Elijah's been around the team for a long time. He's been in, you know, plays in, in different, put in different spots, tackle and guard through the last few years, but uh, start every game. Um, I thought I thought that was a good start to the season for him because he's he's got to be starting every game I should say. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, I thought I thought I thought the offensive line played well. Um, going back to the defense side of the ball, yeah, the defense did uh, see a injury last night. I don't know how serious it is, but AJ Boye got hurt in the second quarter, shoulder injury, and he never came back in the game. Mm-hmm. My concern here, and I think AJ Boye is a very good player. My concern is on a lot of teams, I think he'd be your number two cornerback. Right. The Broncos have him in a number one corner slot. That just shows you the thin depth already mm-hmm. there in the defensive backfield room, in the defensive back room, especially at cornerback. And now you lose him and you got to really rely on rookies and guys who are inexperienced, which which I thought some of the rookies played well last night. A couple mistakes, a key pass interference penalty late in the game on the eventual game-winning drive of Tennessee. Um, but, yeah, I'm just really concerned about Boy, Boy's injury going forward. Um, it would sound like it was a shoulder injury. Um, and, again, I'm just kind of going off of what Coach Fangio said at the end of the game last night, which is he had a shoulder injury. I, I don't know past that, right? Um, yeah, it's one thing that I've said since, you know, the preseason and really looking back to the 2011 season or after the lockout and how all these players got, uh, you know, not, not major injuries for the most part, but all these soft tissue injuries, uh, these things that kept them out for a week or two. Uh, and that's what we're seeing so far, you know, it, just these soft tissue injuries across the league that are going to keep people out for a week or two. And I think that's where we're being pretty cautious, you know, with players like uh, Cortland Sutton. You know, hey, let's let's give him another week because we don't want him to aggravate and be out for another three weeks. Um, so I, I think you know, getting those players back, uh, having them sit out a week and then bring them back is huge. But um, you know, it's all about it's all about trying to you got to make things happen. Uh, it, you know, the further down the depth chart you go, these players are going to have to step up. Um, and excuse me, I haven't had my coffee yet this morning, so I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm getting in there best I can. Um, and every team's going to have to face that. You know, there's there's not going to be a team that comes that goes through the first month without some sort of injury and somebody needing to step up. Um, I'd like to think that we've kind of, you know, knock on wood, gotten this out of our system and we're we're going to be better, right, um, in terms of injuries. But these, these young players have a chance to shine. And it's going to be interesting to watch how these guys, you know, step up and make those plays. And I think we did a pretty good job of that last night across offense and defense. These guys all made some some good plays when they were called upon. Um, and some of it comes with experience. You just recognize how young of a team we are, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of work. But um, 
it's just something to keep in mind is these injuries aren't going to go away. I think there's going to be even more next week, unfortunately, knock on wood again that I'm wrong. Um, but it's, we don't have a lot of depth in certain areas like the backfield, like you're talking about. So next man up is going to be huge because we don't have two or three guys to fall back on, you know, after the starters. So I don't know, man, it's going to be really intriguing to watch as we move forward. Yeah. It's a season. Unlike anything we've ever seen before. I mean, I had to remind myself many times last night, you know, Hey, this is, these are the, this is the, all these guys' first game together. There was no preseason. There was no OTAs this year. There was no mini camp. Sure. They had training camp, but not a lot of contact in training camp. So, so there was a lot of sloppiness, a lot of things that can be corrected, I think pretty easily, but that was also maddening of the game last night because you're going back through your head thinking uh, this play here goes a different direction or this moment here goes a different direction. Broncos win that game, but we can also Titan fans. I'm sure are thinking, well, this shouldn't even have been a game. Our kicker yeah. missed three kicks, even though one was blocked and an extra point. Still, uh, but still, <laughs> that's part of the game. So, I, I think one of the Manning parts to me, go um, revisiting the game in my head, was in the second quarter, the Broncos have first and goal at the two yard line. <laughs> have we not and, talked about this yet? Yeah, Ugh. yeah. I've been trying to put it off, to be honest. And, <laughs> And they came away with no points. Um, they decided to go for it on fourth down, which I like the decision to go yeah. for it. Don't necessarily like the play call to get cute and shuffle pass to a backup tight end that's had three ACL injuries. And I'm not I'm not saying – I mean, Jake Butts, he's a fine player. And oh, he was yeah. getting in. But I would have liked to have seen Locke take that on his own. And see if he could quarterback have. sneak something, mm-hmm. right? Rolled out, looked like he had a lane. It could have been close, maybe with the closing speed of the linebacker. But hey, man, I was ready for the helicopter 2.0. Right. Something. Um, that was just maddening. I mean, that was stuff we've seen the past two years under uh, Joe Flacco led offense, where Case Keenum led, led offense, you know, Rich, Rich Gangarello offense. And, and even though I liked a lot of Pat Shermer's scheming last night, that was, that was definitely maddening because they came out, they came, I mean, Sure, you can look back. Oh, maybe they should have taken the field goal. No, I like going for it. No. I like being aggressive in that situation, especially early in the game. You just got to do a better job of executing. So if anybody out there is is saying, you know, oh, we should have just gone for the field goal, ask yourself, were you also upset when Skangarillo was not being aggressive at all? And, you know, saying, oh, we need to be more aggressive on offense. Because if you were, then you shouldn't be sitting here saying we should have gone for the field goal. Uh, I'm sorry, that's yeah. just the way it is. Uh, I'm not. I, I, don't know, I don't know anyone in particular. I'm not trying to call anyone out, but mm-hmm. it is. It is frustrating. Don't get me wrong, but that's what we. You know, that's an easy call. Go for it. You're on the one yard line. There's probably a 95 percent chance that you make that touchdown. Somehow we found a way to not. You know. <laughs> not make it happen and look this is scandal's first time calling uh, the broncos offense too you You know yeah yeah preseason is watered down very basic but he's still trying to figure out what these players are capable of you know he's going to look back and say okay well in this situation down the line here's probably what i'm gonna do different based off you know the capability of these players at least at this point so he's trying to learn the team yeah it's his playbook but he's got to understand what his players can do uh, to help him in his play calling. And that's something that's going to get better over time as well. Um, the other one that kind of threw me off was, uh, I think, fourth quarter there. It was third and eight with about three minutes left. And we decide to throw a bomb down the field. 
And yes. one thing that I saw from Drew Locke, first game nerves, whatever, you know, just not having played in a game yet. And he's still a rookie in my, you know, this, this is his first full year. So he's a rookie, but any of those long passes were just way overthrown on each one. So why are we going for a 40, you know, was it 50, 55 plus yard pass with three minutes left and we have the lead? Why are we not trying to, you know, get for that, get that 10 yard pass, move the change, keep the, keep the clock, uh, move the chains and keep the clock rolling. So I, I, that one also is like, why are we getting too pretty? We don't need to be doing this. Yeah, I would like to go back and watch that play again from Drew's point of view and see if I see his head go through any other reads. True, true. That. But, but with how quick that ball came out, I'm thinking that was his first, if not his first, his second read. And he might look somewhere else. Oh, that's not open. Oh, Deshaun just did a double move. He's open, mm-hmm. which he's a speedster, and Drew just overthrew him. You know, he puts that ball in the money. The Broncos won the game. Oh, yeah. And, and we saw him do that, like you said, multiple times on deep balls. There's The timing was a little off. I don't know if it was first game jitters and he was just putting some more mustard behind it and saying, you know, if my guy can't get catch this, I'm going to make sure the defender can't catch this. I mean, I thought Drew did a lot of really good things, and then there's some things he needs to improve on. I, I love the way he rolls out and yeah. can throw on the run and make things happen. Broncos country hadn't seen that out of a quarterback since Jake Plummer, I want to say. Uh, maybe, right. maybe moments of, of Jake Cutler once in a while, mm. but uh, – mm. Yeah, I, I don't like to bring up his name too much. I put Jay Cutler in the same category as Paxton Lynch and Casey okay. Keenum, and I just okay. I try to forget about him. Yeah. I just couldn't stand him and yeah, he, he, Mr. Pouty Face over oh, there. Yeah, yeah, he, he was that way in Chicago, <laughs> Miami too. But so, so I like that out, Drew. I like you know he made that touch that that touch on the Noah fan the first quarter. He made that happen. He was pointing at him, telling him to go. Now yeah. the throw was scary across his body, across midfield, but. We, we said that on last week's podcast. You're going to get some of that out, Drew Locke. He's kind of a gunslinger. He's kind of a young Brett Favre type. Yeah. You're going to have to live with the good and live with the bad. I mean, he got away with a couple bad throws last night that should have been picked off about two or three different times. So while he can make some stuff happen, he's also kind of got to sometimes take what the defense has given you and not try to force anything because that could really come back and bite him. Bite him. But I like that. He's all, I also like – I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here because I also like that he's trying to make plays because yeah. that's just something we haven't seen in a while. Um, Taking those uh, chances, right? I mean, I love his swag. I love his moxie. Um, and I love that he how frustrated he was after the game because he knows they were just a player or two away from winning this thing. And and really, it was in their hands. I mean, on the, four, on the tight 44-yard line with about four minutes left in the lead and couldn't finish. And yeah. that's what the most frustrating part. I mean, I look back to last year when we started 0-4 and – we just kept losing games in the last 30 seconds. You know, we lost the uh, Jacksonville game in the last 30 seconds. We lost the Chicago game in the last 30 seconds uh, last year. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting another one. No, oh, I'm sure there's. You know, we there's... lost the game at Indy in the last 30 <laughs> seconds uh, midway through the season yeah. last year. So it's like I, I like Vic Fangio. I, I think he's a good guy. I like what he does on the defense side of the ball as far as play calling. They're just – some things where I was like, okay, this is your second year of head coaching now. You got there's no more. Oh, he's a first year coach excuse. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I didn't really see some of those decisions, like like the clock management last night and a few other things. Just kind of made me scratch my Question. head. And look, I know we had some questions about this or some comments at the uh, the Orange Weekly After Dark show last night, which uh, I think is the latest latest show we've ever done. Um, I saw you on. on yeah. 
on air last night. I'm like, wow, he's got a, and he's got yeah. a there again. Or recording in a few hours. I should say not on there, but recording. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're we're all in here at Orange Weekly, man. <laughs> we, we have a Monday night show. I don't care that we have a late game. Jason's, you know, Jason goes, we're going to go live. And I'm like, you're going to go live? Really? Game doesn't, <laughs> it's like going to be, you know, 1130 out here. I was like, okay, well, let's do it. <laughs> so yeah, anyway. I wasn't joining that one. It was past one o'clock. Yeah. Like, I got yeah. <laughs> and we did have some people on the East Coast uh, chime in. So, yeah, I appreciate that. They are diehard. <laughs> hey, uh, so with all that said, um, you know, the, the we're not going to fire Coach Fangio. No. Not this year. And, you know, there was a couple people I last night. That's what I want, but. Yeah. No. You know, they're asking, hey, if, you know, again, knock on wood, I'm trying so hard not to jinx us today. If we go 0 and 3, 0 and 4, are we going to be looking at firing him? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you think about the, the head coaching, just the coaching turnover we've had in general. Look at these teams that are solid year in, year, year out, or at least really competitive every year for the most part. They have consistency when it comes to coaches. We cannot, as Broncos country, just sit here and say, Oh, you know, we're we're still not fantastic this year, and we should have been fantastic this year. So we need to fire the coach. Mm-hmm. No, we need to please. If you're watching this and you think you're even thinking we need to get rid of Angio, please, please think about it. Please change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> think yeah. about where we've been since Peyton Manning and since Gary Kubiak and the consistent changeover that we have seen over and over and over. So this is something that Coach Fangio is going to have at least a full third year. Uh, obviously, he still has some learning to do. Uh, you know, He's going to go back and look at the situation and really analyze, you know, was that the right thing to do? Um, but you're right. This is a second year that he can't say, uh, I'm a rookie coach now. And not that he did last year. No. He wasn't ever like, oh, well, this is just my first time doing this. So um, – it's just some. It's another area that uh, I we all need to see improvement on. Yeah. Yep. Um, well said, Kevin. I can't really add anything to that. What? What? Yeah. Yeah. You, you nailed him. That you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I guess one thing I always like to do in the post game podcast and we haven't done yet is um, game balls. Give out some game balls. Mm-hmm. Um, who deserves a game ball or a couple guys who deserve game balls for you on the offense side of the ball? Offense, offense side of the ball. Um, you know what? Cushionberry, look at that offensive line. You know, <laughs> this is his first NFL game. He went out there and he made sure the offensive line, you know, they were all on the same page. He held them together. He's that, he's that, you know, um, he's that guy that, that is responsible for communicating to the offensive line, what they're doing. And we didn't really hear about it last night, but then we saw it in the offensive line performance, right? Uh, that wasn't a fluke. Mm-hmm. That was communication amongst all of them, and that communication starts with Cushenberry. So I think he's going to be, you know, nobody's really going to recognize him this week, uh, yeah. and that's probably a good thing. You know, if he was sucking, they'd say, well, who is this new kid and why Why is he sucking? You know, <laughs> but, uh, the two fumble snaps weren't his fault. Those were no. both on Drew. So. They were. They were. Uh, they were really clean snaps, and both times Drew Luck was just looking – at the running back or receiver before he had it in his hands. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's something that we were all excited to see and we saw it, but we didn't hear about it, which means it was really good. That's um, a very good 
point. So Cushenberry, you know, my tip of my hat to you, man, because um, I know all the players do listen to Orange Weekly following the game. Uh, they are very invested in hearing our take. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, Cushenberry is, is a very bright spot on the uh, the offense. Yeah, that's a great game ball. I wasn't even thinking about him, but I can't disagree one bit. Great debut for the center out of LSU. Uh, one, one game ball I want to give Noah Fant. I know he was silent in the second half and didn't have any yards, but he 81 yards and a touchdown in the first half. And he looked great. I mean, some of those balls he caught last night, he would have dropped those last year. Yeah. Or at least early on in the season last year. And not only did he look good catching the ball, but his motor after he caught it. I mean, there's a couple of times I'm saying get out of balance, and he's thinking, screw this. Like, five nah. to 10 more yards, and I'm going to make great guys <laughs> take down. I'm staying in bounds, and I'm going to secure that ball. Hey, if he can secure that ball, he can keep trucking all day long. I yeah. mean, I, I think he's going to be a weapon for the Broncos for years to come. And the NFL, if they don't know who – outside of Broncos country, if they don't know who Noah Fant is already, they're going to soon. Yeah. No, I mean, he already showed what he has last year, and I fully was expecting him to improve. Uh, and clear, clearly he did. Now, yeah, it's not his fault necessarily for being quiet in the second half. Yep. If we're going three and outs and we get, what, six total drives in the third um, third quarter there, yeah, he's going to be quiet. Everybody on the offense is going to be quiet because um, you're out there for, what, three minutes total in the whole quarter. Um, and so, yeah, he's, he's, he's solid, man. He's solid. Yep, the Titans kind of revisited their game plan at halftime because um, – their defensive captain, Rashad Evans, he threw a punch in the first quarter and was ejected. What? I Are you kidding I me? Understood the logic of why you punch somebody with a helmet on. I've just never have. What's what's that going to do? That's going to do you more harm. Yeah, the guy you're trying to punch. I've never understood that. But so I got to think that's kind of why Fant kind of ate the way he did in the first half. Mm-hmm. He was out of the game. You know, he's a defensive uh, signal caller. He's out of the game. He's not getting his guys lined up, so fans taking advantage. And then the second half, they know they're not going to have him probably readjust at halftime. Said, "Hey, we got to key in on the eighty-seven. We got to key in on fans." So, yep. so maybe it was kudos to the Titans. I'm not sure. Like I said, I haven't gone back and watched any plays or anything. But um, that that was a key loss for the Titans early in the game. The one that definitely um made me smile. No. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I just can't. It's it's what first quarter of the first game of the year. What did he do to piss you off? Yeah, I, don't I mean, know what there's not even time about. for him to get under your skin. Like, what did he do? Look at you wrong, and you're like, oh hell no, it is on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was really that bad. I mean, looking back, I mean, if they would have lost that game, that's kind of on you. I mean, yeah. you're you're kind of the culprit. But uh, and I did not know that rule till last night that the NFL could review personal fouls and decide if it was flagrant enough to kick somebody out. I like that. I think oh, that's yeah. pretty neat uh, rule change. Yeah. And that, that situation was cl- cut and dry. Oh, yeah, he he yeah. premeditatively threw that punch fully knowing what he was doing yeah. and not even trying to play it off as, you know, Oh, look, I tripped accidentally and my fist flew at your face. You know? uh, no, it was a full blown. <laughs> I'm trying to knock your head off for some reason with a helmet on. I don't, I don't understand that logic, but Dude, maybe you need to go some anger management training or, yeah. you know, cause I don't want to be around. you. <laughs> Broncos had a personal foul of our own. Um, unfortunately on an yeah. interception, um, yeah. AJ Johnson just hit a player that was kind of out of the play. I mean, it wasn't a dirty hit, but it was just stupid, stupid mistake um, by a player that other than that, I thought he had a great game. Yeah. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get – unless you want to give any more game balls on the offense side of the ball, let's flip to the defense side yeah. of the ball. No, let's do it. And I think Alexander Johnson gets a game ball from me. Oh. Uh, right out of the gate, I thought he was – he uh, piggybacked on his play from last year. I mean, it looked like he didn't stop. You know, he didn't have an offseason. He just kept going last year. He was around the ball, flying around, making tackles. Um, I think he's got a really bright future. And um, he's a guy the Broncos are going to have to lean on without Von Miller. Sure, he's not the pass rusher Von is, but he can. he's a linebacker that can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, how about Josie Jewell, man? Yeah. You know, yeah, he, he was making Derek, some – Derrick Henry that one time. Yeah. He was making some fantastic plays. Well, which I'm glad. Um, I feel like Bronco, Broncos country has been pretty hard on Josie last yeah. year. Um, and, yeah. And rightfully so in some circumstances, but uh, I thought he shut up a lot of people last night. I think, yeah, if he continues – and it wasn't a consistently amazing game, but he definitely stepped up and made some big plays. And if you can get that out of – you know, from him more and more as the season goes on, uh, where he's playing like that almost every single down, holy crap, do we have a weapon. So, yep. again, and I it's not really a game ball, but I do want to, you know, talk about, you know, Bradley Chubb was out there pretty much the, the entire game. And we had all heard and even talked about that he was probably going to be on a, a pitch count, you know, because let's work him back into the flow of the game. And, you know, after his ACL tear, let's not overdo it on game one. No, he was out there every yeah. single snap. So, um, you know, yeah, his, he really didn't say his name much last night, but he was out there and that's, that's huge for us. Yep. He was out there yeah, giving it his all. I mean, he didn't get to the quarterback at all, but he got a few frees. I would say on mm-hmm. 10 Um, I think he may even have a quarterback hit once or twice, but uh, Shelby Harris had a field goal block. I mean, what what else can we expect off Shelby? He is the right hands on the team in, in, in uh, one circumstance, I guess you can say. But uh, <laughs> I also thought Jerome Casey had a good debut for the Oh, Broncos. yeah. He had a couple of passes batted down, and you could tell he really wanted that game. I mean, that's a team that they traded him. They said, we don't want you anymore. We're, we're letting you go. So, um I'm anxious to see how he progresses with a new team this season. Um, the defensive backs, uh, Michael Mugier. Mm-hmm. Ricky, I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, he had that big yeah. pass interference late in the game, but uh, I don't think any of us thought he'd be thrown in the fire like he was last night right away with yeah. uh, on the field so much, so many, so many, um, with so many snaps. So I thought he did well. Bryce Callahan had some good points and some bad points. I mean, he had a tough matchup. He was guarding. Wide receivers are a lot bigger than him last night. Um, Plus, he hasn't played since 20... 2018. Jeez. Yeah. You know. no, that's a good point. I forgot about that. He, he's been out for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you had Bassey out there, the undrafted rookie, doing some good things at times. I mean, there's a lot of youth out there on that defensive backfield, and I'm sure this won't be the last time we're going to talk about that this year. No. Safeties, I thought Kareem Jackson was flying around, making some good plays. He had that one really big pass breakup in the fourth quarter on third down. Uh, Justin Simmons also had, almost had an interception one time. on a, He sure on did. Uh, besides that, he had a few miscommunication errors last night in coverage, maybe between he, he and Kareem a few times. But uh, he's a baller. I'm not too worried about Justin Simmons. He'll come. He'll bounce back and have a good game, I'm sure, next week or this 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 week. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. But um, – Look, it's week one football, and week one football is already weird to begin with. Weird things happen, and now you're saying there's no fans in the stands. There was no preseason. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, it's only it's a fluke that we lost, but, oh, look, this is – 
if somebody out there is panicking and saying, well, we're done for the season. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, hold on. Yourself. Hold on. We have 15 games. Left. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's frustrating. Start out with one again. Oh, and, yeah. In a game we probably should have had. I mean, point blank. But um, that's football. I mean, you got to oh, yeah. make every play count. Um, another game ball I want to give out before I forget, Sam Martin, the punter. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was fantastic last night in his Broncos debut. A lot better than Colby Waldman has been the past two years. And, and um, yeah, I thought he was booming the ball. And he really didn't hit a bad punt last night. No, so. no. And he it's that special job. teams that's, that's been killing us the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made a big stink during the whole offseason that we need to get a punter. Uh, to the point I think everybody else here at Orange really was getting sick of me. I was like, no, but we really think about it. Our special teams have sucked. We need oh, a freaking no, you're, you're absolutely right. And then we got one, and he mm-hmm. he played very well for his first game. So uh, I can I can shut up about that. Thankfully, I was even getting sick of myself saying that. You know, <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought the team was great last night. I, of course, yeah. never got an opportunity to tackle anybody on the kick coverage. Maybe yep. they did the first one on the squib, kind of start the game. Maybe, but uh, the punt coverage team did great. I mean, you had one of the Broncos' old uh, practice squad players, uh, Khalif Raymond, over there on um, mm-hmm. trying to make plays and. And uh, we just didn't let him do that. We were getting down there. I mean, not only was Sam Martin booming the ball, our coverage was getting down there quick, yep. which, is, which is key, especially in the mile-high air. But um, I'm also interested when we go on the road, like this week at Pittsburgh, in our return game. We have Devontae Spencer. But when K.J. Hamler comes available, when he becomes healthy, which I think a lot of Broncos country is forgetting, he wasn't available last night either. Yeah. He can be a speedy threat. Trust me. I saw it on uh, Watching a lot of Big Ten football, I saw it over there. He, he's special when he gets the ball in his hands. Will we see see him in the return game at all? I don't know. I don't know if those are both kick returner and punt returner. I think we need to possibly Spencer, or if we're going to mix him in a little bit. But um, I mean, I'm anxious to see maybe the Broncos have a dynamic return game again, something they haven't had for years to come. So, so my takeaways last night. I mean, there's there's a lot of things to be excited about going forward. Yeah. Definitely a lot of room for improvement. I mean, this was a 16 to 14 point loss we definitely want to score i mean last year we averaged 17 points a game we want to see that increase by a good number and i think we will as the season goes on yeah there's not a lot of practice time i mean you're looking week two now we go to pittsburgh to heinz field a place that hasn't been too friendly to the broncos over the years and to a pittsburgh team that looked pretty good last night on the road beating the giants their defense especially looked really tough so the broncos are going to have their work cut out for them but hopefully they make the adjustments this week and get ready for it and um I know I'll be front and center in front of the TV cheering them on. Hundred percent. Uh, you know, no fans in the stands or very limited fans in the stands. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk about it on the, the pregame podcast and everything uh, coming up. But uh, it is look at any given Sunday, and uh, I, I seem to be talking to the masses throughout uh, this podcast here. But if you're already saying, well, we don't have stand a chance against the uh, against the Steelers, we're already zero and two. Any given Sunday. Let's just let, let's just enjoy the fact football is back. I mean, even during the third quarter when we were just getting rolled over, I just there was a moment where I'm like I'm watching football. <laughs> exactly, it felt so great. You know, we have a uh, Facebook chat among mm-hmm. the Orange Weekly staff, and it was great just to chat with everybody during the game about a meaningful Broncos game. I mean, we haven't done yeah. that since January or December. Yeah, of last year. So I mean, it's been a long time, and it just felt good to get some normalcy kind of back back in our lives a little bit. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. 
you got anything else before I do some plugs? Go away with the plugs. I think I've said everything I kind of wanted to do this morning. Oof. So I've been rusty with this. I've been uh, trying to, you know, work out the kinks. Uh, I didn't have much of a preseason to go through it all, but exactly. it's early here. Here we go, guys. Okay, we got a ton of stuff here at Orange Weekly for you. We got this post game podcast. We got a pre game podcast. Follow those on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, and if you really want to help us out, you know, please give us that five star review on those platforms. Uh, we do this all for you, uh, and we're we're big fans of you as the listener and the viewers for our shows. Give us that five star review if you can, because that means uh, it just helps us out so much. Um, you can also make sure if you're into sports betting or fantasy football, check out Ragers podcast. Uh, it's from Orange Weekly, but uh, you'll need to find it on Spotify and those platforms by looking up Ragers. Uh, he's gonna he he knows his stuff when it comes to sports betting, guys. So check him out. Even if you don't want to, you know, actually bet, if you want to hear what the lines of the day are to hear what uh, Vegas is, uh, you know, thinking, it, you know, is going to happen. That's pretty fun to listen to. And of course, he'll be given some fantasy football advice as well. So that's our newest addition here at Orange Weekly. He uh, helped also- me money last night on the Jerry Judy prop bet. So right, Thanks right, yep. Get a couple bucks in your pocket, man. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm taking advantage. Trust me, I I think I know what I'm doing most of the time with those things, and I lose money. So I'm 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 tuning in the Ragers every week. He does a fantastic job. Yeah, it's a fun show, and Ray is just such an upbeat guy to begin with. So uh, he he's a, he's a good show, and it's going to grow uh, pretty drastically, mm-hmm. I think, over the next few weeks. Um, also, guys, we got our flagship show on Tuesday nights. Bourbon Broncos, no BS, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Join myself and some of the other Orange Weekly crew as we not only break down the uh, the game from the previous game, but also look forward to the next week's game as well while answering your comments and questions throughout the entire show. Check that out on Facebook Live, Twitter, uh, and even Twitch. We have a Twitch now. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but we have a Twitch. And hey, we stream to well, it. Right? <laughs> um, don't forget we have our pregame show uh, tailgate talk or I think we're going to have to do a vote if it's going to be tailgate talk or pregame huddle I think both are good uh, either way uh, pregame show don't forget about our halftime hash show starts as soon as halftime uh, begins with in the Broncos games and we break that down now one of the last things I want to mention but also the new thing uh, David and myself are going to try our hand at calling a game and we are going to be doing that from Colorado, Cork and Keg uh, in Castle Rock, Colorado. Uh, so right between Colorado Springs and right between Denver, it's not too far of a drive. You know, we're the away team anyway. If you want to come down to Colorado, Cork and Keg right off I-25 there, Dave and I are going to be there calling the game. Uh, obviously, we can't show the game, but if you want to not listen to those announcers, like I mostly don't anyway, uh, <laughs> you can... Uh, match up our audio to the game and also ch- chat with us and interact with us throughout the game as well. So um, I think it's going to be a much more fun experience. We're not professionals by any way, but uh, it's going to be fantastic to be there throughout the entire game with everyone. So check that out Saturday. If you do go to the bar, tell them Orange Weekly sent you and you get half off your first drink. Uh, so I- I'm going to try it, Tanner. I'll-, I'll let you know if it works. Uh, you know, if I just yeah. walk in and say, you know, hey, Orange Weekly sent me. Uh, I think they're going to laugh at me, but uh, maybe they'll give me half off my first drink. We'll I think see. it's worth a try. <laughs> do it. You know, you know, Kevin, if the, if the pandemic wasn't going on right now, I'd be tempted to get a plane ticket, come out to Colorado, just to witness you guys doing some little broadcasting and get half off a few drinks. So, yeah, yeah, 
Uh, there's been talk about uh, viewers will be able to challenge us to take a drink, and David and I both have to do it. And whoever decides, nope, I'm not going to do that, loses uh, the bet for the day. Yeah, um, right. Thankfully, it's not a very large bar, so I don't know how many things they can come up with that uh, will make me not very happy. But, you know, either oh, way, we're, we're going we're gonna to have fun with this, right? Or taking the commenting. Yeah. <laughs> can we comment? <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's going to be fun. It's yeah. going to be amazing. So, um, yeah, guys, if you didn't get anything from all of that, just know that we have a ton of content for you guys. Check out our website, broncosorangeweekly.com. We're going to be starting posting some some articles. You can check out our latest podcast and show there as well and uh, get to read some bios on who we are. Yeah, well said, Kevin. I mean, that's a lot of plugs. I think you did a pretty good job. I mean, you said you got some rust to knock off. Knock off. I think it was pretty good. That's that's a lot. I'm practicing. That's a lot. Standing so. in front of the mirror and and going through it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> that's dedication right there, folks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Any final thoughts? Oh man, I think I said it about a million times throughout the show. Guys, do not panic. I I appreciate how aggressive this offense was. Uh, sometimes maybe scratch my head, but I, I'm happy we're aggressive because, again, we were all saying with Scangarillo, why aren't we more aggressive? So I'm happy with that. Excuse me. This is a young team. We're going to grow. We're 0-1. There are 15 games left of the season. And let's just see how these guys grow. You know, one game after the other, as long as they keep showing improvement, sometimes they're going to take a step back because a lot of them are first-year, second-year players, especially on offense there. But let's let's move forward and look at the bigger picture um, and, and just use this year as momentum uh, leading into next year. So, heck, the next four or five years, this team grows and matures together. So uh, that's really all I have. I'm not panicked. It sucks. I'm hurting. I don't want to sit through nine hours of training today like I have to uh, while being depressed. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but here we go. Let's get ready for this short week as the Broncos get ready to take on the Steelers. 11 a.m. Mountain Time uh, out in uh, Pittsburgh. Hey, so. Kev Dan, let's get some guys healthy. Like you said, this is a young team, the youngest offense in the NFL with an average age of 25 years old. Um, these guys makes don't me only feel old. <laughs> makes me feel old even. And I'm, I'm 28. I mean, I think I'm, old. I'm like, wow, I'm older than three years old than the average guy on the Broncos offense. But, yeah, I'm, I'm 28 too. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah, I'm right there. Mm. But uh, <laughs> no, it's always, always fun breaking down the games with you. Of course, it would have been more fun if we were breaking down a win. But hopefully we're doing that on Sunday after we go into Heinz Field. And uh, we don't have to deal with the terrible towels. So let's go in there. Oh, and thank God. Let's, uh, rock, uh, Big ben. <laughs> let's, let's rock Big Ben a little bit and come out with the W on the other side, get the one-on-one, and uh, be all happy and cheery in Broncos country. Let's do it, so, man. I think there's only one, one thing left for this podcast, and that's a go Broncos. Go Broncos. Take care, everyone. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.